Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Virtual Tavern, a podcast where we talk about all things sci-fi and fantasy. Uh, by the time you are listening to this, it will be Fantasy Friday. 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 Hump day. Yeah. And what do we do on Fantasy Friday? We are covering the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring extended edition extendo cock edition (laughs) uh we don't go anything fucking halvesies we go all the way so we're watching the extended edition last episode we covered the first 30 minutes of the film uh so we started from the prologue all the way up to where bilbo left the shire for good yeah um so that's where we're leaving off but first things first let's go ahead and get our house cleaning things out of the way uh hunter we did not get any emails but we got another fucking country Really? Another new listener from another new country. Do you want to take a guess? You probably won't you won't probably won't guess it though. Uh you know what? I'm just gonna throw it out there because it's been as prominent on the news and things the last uh last like year and a half or so. Uh I'm gonna say Ukraine. Ukraine? They're listening from a fucking ruined ass <laughs> house that's been bombed and mortared. Dude, they have to keep their morale up somehow. <laughs> They're star Okay, this is <laughs> fucked. Okay, this is fucked, but Okay, I'm going to say it. They're, like, starving and everything. They're fucking battered. They've got gunpowder and ro- debris in their head, but they're like, I have to listen to the new episode of Virtual Tavern. <laughs> they're, like, huddled up in a fucking corner. You know, they're making a fire. They're eating rats and shit. But at least I'm listening to Virtual Tavern. <laughs> um, so where, where is our new listener from, my friend? Slovakia. Whoa. I would uh, not have guessed that. That's yeah, fucking cool. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. My... my geography history is a little rusty but i think slovakia was once czechoslovakia during the soviet union and then after the soviet union like disbanded it just became slovakia gotcha i think so i could be wrong uh my european history is a little rusty but yeah whoever you are from slovakia uh thank you for listening we had germany last week so we're, we're getting countries like every week now. It's pretty yeah it's it's pretty neat to see people coming from all different areas to uh, listen to the two of us idiots ramble. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Um, but that's about it. Our analytics are doing really good. Like, I don't know why Spotify really likes our Smooth Criminal episode. Interesting. Like, I don't know if it's just the title of the episode or my description I put in it, but that episode has been featured thousands of times in the Spotify algorithm. I don't know why. <laughs> like, it well, just chooses that episode to be popular. You know what? It sounds like you need to really just work on our descriptions so that way we can start having that consistency. You I'll know just, what I mean? I'll just put titties and ass. Titties <laughs> and ass. Ass and titties. Ass and titties. Uh, but anyway, we are Virtual Tavern. We cover sci-fi and fantasy. So right now, we, if you are interested, we are also covering Cyberpunk Edge Runners, the animated series. Go ahead and check us out over there. Um, we did not get any emails this week, but if you would like... You can always send us an email at contactvirtualtavern at gmail.com. Uh, it's in the description of the episode or my bio link if you uh, need to know how to spell it specifically. But send us an email. Let us know how you're doing. You can literally send us an email about anything. Um, if you send us an email about fantasy, like if you're asking about Lord of the Rings, we'll read it on the next Lord of the Ring podcast episode. And vice versa. If you send us a cyberpunk question, we'll read it on that next episode. Yeah, we want to try to make it to where the emails that are related to one specific content or the other uh we keep that with the um that content just so it doesn't get too convoluted you know we don't want to be talking about cyberpunk this episode and answering lord of the rings questions that'd be kind of yeah the longest you'll have to wait is like a day or two fantasy friday and uh sci-fi sunday so yeah 
So uh, you're going to get featured if you email us. Just know that we're going to make sure that it sticks with the proper content. Yeah. If you just send us like a general question like, oh, when when did you start getting into sci-fi or something like that? We'll just read it on whenever. Yeah. Like if it's a broad general question, like, uh, I Are you know. an ass or a titties man? <laughs> are you, like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you send us a question, are, are you an ass or a twin- titties man? We'll just read it on the next episode regardless of what it is. Um, but anyway, that covers yes. our email. You can always subscribe, like, and subscribe, and smash that like button uh, to our YouTube, where I post YouTube shorts. I haven't been doing that lately, but I will be getting back in the swing of that very shortly. Um, but you can find our YouTube shorts on our Virtual Tavern YouTube page, as well as TikTok, virtual underscore podcast. Fuck! You fuck it up every time. It's Vir- virtual underscore tavern underscore podcast. Kay. I know it's kind of lengthy, but... Um, when I was trying to get our our stuff set up, that was the only way I could get it to where uh, our name would make sense. Because yeah. there's a lot of um, TikToks that have a similar name. Yeah, if you like watching YouTube Shorts, well, everyone does because they have a Zoomer brain rot nowadays. Uh, just <laughs> go ahead and you know you can watch our podcast in a visual form with little comedic you know memes and elements added. It's a good time, and I will be getting back to making more of those shortly. And I think that covers everything for our house cleaning shit. Um, I believe so. Talking point recap. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. So we do a thing called Talking Point Recaps. It's an opportunity for us to reflect on the previous episode. So, Hunter, for the Fellowship of the Ring, the first 30 minutes, my Talking Point Recap for you is who do you think, because all the characters are new for the first time, yeah. who, who do you think made the biggest first impression? Um, I would say the one that made the biggest first impression, and it's it's technically a duo because... You know, they're goofy and silly and <laughs> uh, a little bit on the the slower side, one could say. It would have to be Merry and Pippin for me. Um, just because you're like, oh, hey, I'm going to steal this big-ass fucking firework and I'm going to launch it in a tent and we're going to see what happens. <laughs> it's just in the ground. Outside. This was your idea. <laughs> yeah, they're um, funny. So my talking point recap for you, Adam, mm-hmm. is... What would what do you feel is the most interesting tidbit of lore we got from the first thirty minutes? Ooh, that's a good one. Fuck, that's interesting because you get to learn so much in that first thirty minutes. You get to learn it's jam packed with info. Yeah, you get to learn the history of the men, the dwarves, and the elves. You get to learn the history about Sauron. You get to learn the history about the hobbits too. Nine, nine fucking rings. Nine cock rings were given to the race of men. <laughs> But you also get to learn, like, what hobbits are. That's a new species, you know? Yeah. Um, fuck. I think I'm going to go with the hobbits. Like, the prologue is cool and everything. You get to learn a little bit about the races of men and dwarves and, you know, the war of the last alliance and everything. But I, I think I love Bilbo's monologue about learning about the, the people that are the hobbits. Yeah. Like, he, he describes them in such great detail. And it's, his, like, voice is like butter when he's narrating yes. uh, the hobbits. Like. And all hobbits have a keen things for things that grow. But what we truly desire is peace and joy, you know? It's like, oh, it's like a ten, it's like a warm blanket going over your heart. It's like, fuck, I love the hobbits. I know, like he describes them as these so happy like um creatures, and then we finally get to see Bilbo mm-hmm. and uh he's he's very much not what he describes just because like you know at this point he's he's old and he's mm-hmm. he's angry and all that just tired of people bothering him yeah he's so very much kinda... an outsider in the hobbit community now yeah he's not a traditional hobbit anymore 
So to me, that that's kind of interesting that, you know, he can, he still sees, um, the the goodness of his people, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he's like, I'm fucking over all of you, and I just want to go home. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go home. I want to go home. There's no place like home. There's no place <laughs> like home. All right, so let's go ahead, and I think that covers everything. So let's go ahead and get back into our coverage of The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Extended Edition. So we picked off last time with Bilbo leaving the Shire, and he finally let go of the ring, which was a tremendous strain on him and it was a huge mountain to overcome yeah uh we kind of touched on it last episode where uh when he drops the ring even though you know it's just a a tiny little ring like it made a a very loud thud yeah it was a bit a little bit of visual storytelling to show how heavy of a weight that ring is yeah exactly like even though it's technically it's a ring it doesn't weigh a lot but like emotionally and it like addictively it has a power over you yeah, like, it's not the, the physical weight of it, it's what it means and what it can do. Yeah. So, Gandalf goes back into the Hobbit hole, back in Bag End, and he takes a look at the ring that's been on the ground since Bilbo left. He goes down to reach it, and right before he can touch it, I think he actually does graze it a tiny bit with yeah. his finger. I think he nicks it with his, uh, his pointer finger, which is why we get to see the Eye of Sauron. Yeah. And he, he barely nicks it, and he feels like an evil presence. There's a flash of Sauron's eye, and Gandalf is troubled. He doesn't know exactly, like, what this is, but he knows there's great power and great evil behind it. And he's kind of sitting by the fireplace waiting for Frodo to come home, and he's just, like, monologuing, like, my precious. He's trying to figure shit out. He's, like, he's caught up in thought. Yeah. And Frodo eventually comes home. He's, like, he's gone, hasn't he? He's talked about it forever, but I didn't think he'd really do it. So apparently Frodo knew that this was kind of Bilbo's plan for a while. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like, he, he lives with him, so I'm sure, like, uh, Bilbo would have mentioned it at some point or another that yeah. he, was, he was fed up about being there and wanted to do something else with his life. Yeah. So, you know, Gandalf and Frodo are talking Bilbo's ring. He's going to stay with the elves. And he's, he's like, he's left you his whole estate. The Sackville Baggages are going to are gonna want to kill you now. <laughs> you have a big target on your back now. Um, but he puts the ring in an envelope. An envelope. Is it envelope or envelope? Uh, I think it just depends on how you want to say it. Oh, potato, potato. Yeah. He puts the ring in an envelope and stamps it with wax and everything. And he immediately starts like darting out the door. And Frodo's like, what are you doing? Where are you going? I have to go find answers. Questions. Questions that need answering. But you've only just arrived. I don't understand. And Gandalf's like, <laughs> he, he looks back at Frodo and he has this terrified look on his face. Like, neither do I. <laughs> that terrifies Gandalf. Like, if there's this power that even he doesn't understand, yeah. he's got to get to the bottom of it. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. <laughs> and it doesn't show it very well in the movie Hunter, but Gandalf, when he leaves, he's gone for like decades, I think. Really? Yeah. In the book, I think he's gone for like 20 odd years. God damn. I, I could be wrong, but it's it's several fucking years that he's gone. He's not gone for like six months and then comes back. Huh. But hobbits age slowly, slowly, like almost akin to dwarves. They can live for, well, obviously, as we said, the old Took was like 140 something. Yeah. So he was 130 and um, uh, Bilbo just turned 111. Yeah. So. so hobbits live a little bit longer than your average man. You yeah. Know? They probably lived like 110, 120 on the high end. So, but then we get these cool ass scenes with uh, 
the Tower of Barad-dûr being rebuilt, which is Sauron's home base in Mordor. Yeah. Um, we get to see Gandalf riding to the city of Minas Tirith, which is pretty cool. This is the first time we see this city, and we won't see it again until, uh, I think, the Two Towers, or no, probably the Return of the King. But Gandalf is like, he's basically going to your local library. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to go check out a book from the local library. This always pissed me off. Why does this dude have a torch in an underground cellar with a bunch of fucking parchment? Like, you're going to light all that shit on fire. Well, I mean, they got to be able to see somehow, right? I guess that's true. Yeah. But Gandalf goes into basically an archive room in Minas Tirith, and he's trying to find stuff from, like, the first and second age that can help him understand what this evil is. Yeah. And eventually he comes by an account of a sealed door. And a sealed door, if you remember is the son of, god damn it, Asildor, Elendil. Asildor was the son of Elendil, and they both led the battle in the last alliance against Sauron in the Second Age. Yeah. Uh, Elendil died, and then Asildor became king. Once Asildor killed Sauron, he got the Ring of Power. And now Gandalf is reading uh, the, ins- the, the account of Asildor. Yep. The year 3434 of the Second Age. Here follows the account of Isildur, High King of Gondor, and the finding of the Ring of Power. It has come to me, the One Ring. It shall be an heirloom of my kingdom. All those who follow in my bloodline shall be bound to its fate, for I will risk no hurt to the Ring. Um, and Isildur is writing about the Ring that he took from Sauron, and he's like, "It is precious to me, though I bind it with great pain." Uh, and then he talks about the writing on the ring. Like once I, when I picked it up, it was as clear as uh, red flame, but it it eventually like dissipated. Yeah. Um, but it's a story that only fire can tell. And then we cut back to the Shire. There's something cool that I want to talk about this. Um, so the, the ring race, the ring race are the seven, no, the seven, the ring race are the nine Kings of men. That were given the rings of power, and now they are Sauron's servants. Yeah. And now they are hunting for the ring. Now that they know where to go, Shire, Baggins, because of... Uh, I, don't, I don't think they showed that yet, but Gollum basically gave him the location of the ring. Yeah. Uh, the ring race are now outside the boundaries of the Shire. And in the book, Hunter, you're never going to guess, but Farmer Maggot is the one that scares away the ring race really yeah <laughs> so later on the, in the movie we'll see farmer maggot well we don't see him we see the top of his scythe and everything yeah because he's a farmer but in the books the ring race like trying to follow the, the fellowship and everything and they go on a road and farmer maggot is like be gone with you be gone and <laughs> farmer maggot squares up with the ring race <laughs> and and they fuck off but i just thought that was funny that's pretty awesome i didn't know that before yeah uh, so the ring racer like Shire, Baggins, and he's on the outskirts. He's meeting like you know f- hobbits that live on the outskirts of the Shire, and they they tell him there's no Bagginses around here. They're in Hobbiton that way, and the ring wraith you know fucks off and everything. And this is pretty cool. I think this is an extended scene. We go straight to the Green Dragon Inn. And Merry and Pippin and all the hobbits are merrymaking and everything. They're drinking ale. They're smoking pipe weed. Yeah. Uh, it's a really cool scene. And I, I, I don't think this was a, included in the a theatrical release. 
Um, I'm not sure if it was or not. It's been so long since I've watched just your your standard cut of these. Like I couldn't <laughs> tell you. But we get to actually see some other hobbits that aren't our main four. We get to see some older hobbits at a table with Sam. They're all smoking pipe weed, and they're like, there's been strange folk abroad, men and dwarves coming through our lands. And another hobbit is like, pay no heed to them. No trouble will come to you if you don't come looking for it. You know, like that reasserts that belief that hobbits are like, all right, we're going to stay our keep out of other people's business. Yeah, we just want to maintain our peace. We don't want to get involved with anything that, you know, isn't necessary, whatever. There's been some strange folk crossing the Shire. Dwarves and others of a less than savory nature. Wars brewing. The mountains are fair teeming with goblins. Far off tales and children's stories, that's all that is. Well, it's none of our concern what goes on beyond our borders. Keep your nose out of trouble and no trouble will come to you. Yeah, they stick to themselves, they keep their nose to the ground, and they don't involve themselves with the, the drama and the troubles of the outside world. Yeah. Um, but there are rumors that things are like stirring up, you know, strangers coming through their lands and everything, dwarves and men. So even in the Shire, they're getting whispers of something happening. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Frodo and Sam, they're walking home. I'm, it looks like Frodo's drunk. He's like wobbling back and forth and everything. Dude, can you imagine that Frodo comes home drunk <laughs> and his whole place is like in shambles and everything. And then out of nowhere, Gandalf grabs you. <laughs> with his fucking crackhead eyes, like, is it secret? Is it safe? Like, dude, I'm too drunk for this. <laughs> You're freaking me out, man. Dude, you gotta chill out, man. <laughs> but yeah, Frodo comes back to his house, and Gandalf, hiding in the fucking dark, being really extra, grabs Frodo like it's a horror movie and says, is it secret? Is it safe? And Frodo looks through his belongings. He finds the envelope with the ring. Gandalf immediately yeets it into the fireplace. <laughs> and he's basically trying to prove his theory right now that he read from the accounts of a sealed door. Yeah. And he's hoping to God that he's wrong. Um, so he throws it in the fire, gives it to Frodo. He says, what do you see, Frodo? Can you see anything? Frodo's twirling it around and everything. Event initially, he says nothing, but then he says, wait. The start <laughs> as soon as he says, wait, Gandalf was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> and uh, sure as shit, the writing on the ring does appear. And I love this reflective effect, effect that it does on Frodo's face. Yeah. Like, even the writing is so bright, it's causing a reflection on Frodo's face. Yeah. Which, again, I feel like is really good um, visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was cool. And now Gandalf knows that this is sadly the one ring. and. Frodo's like, I can't read it. It's some form of Elvish. There are a few who can. Uh, it's a matter of black speech, will I, which I will not say here. But in the common tongue, it says one ring to rule them all, one ring to bind them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness, bind them. Or sorry, find them. I got that mixed up a little bit. You get the gist of it. Yeah. Um, but now they, they retreat back into the kitchenette area. And from Frodo's point of view, he doesn't know anything about the outside world. So now. Gandalf is kind of giving him the prologue kind of backstory of the world. Yeah. Talking about the battle of the last alliance, you know, how this is Sauron's ring and how it was taken from him. And if he gets it back again, he can assume his physical form. Yeah. Which 
This is actually a little bit different from the books. In the books, from what I understand, he has a physical form. And he's just sitting at the top of his tower in Barad-dûr. But if he gets his ring back, then he can be, you know, ultra mega mind powerful, you know? Yeah. But in the, in the films, obviously, he's just a spirit in the shape of the eye and everything. Yeah. Which is a little more something that I remembered when I was listening to the audiobook on Spotify. Um, but Gandalf is like, Sauron needs only this ring to cover the land in a second darkness. And he is seeking it, seeking it, and all his mind is bent on it. And as they're having this conversation, the ring, when the name Sauron is mentioned, it act like activates a little bit. It's almost like when you say Voldemort's name in Harry Potter. Yeah. Like how it's kind of like taboo. If you say Sauron's name a little too loud, the ring kind of activates. Yeah, like um, when he mentioned Sauron's name, the ring started to speak in uh, Blackspeed. Mm -hmm. But he was destroyed. Sauron was destroyed. No, Frodo. The spirit of Sauron endured. His life force is bound to the ring. And the ring survived. Sauron has returned. Yeah, the ring has a mind of its own. And obviously, like we said, it can't like sprout legs and move around the ground. Like the thing, you know, the thing head, like the little spider. <laughs> Dude, how creepy would that be if the ring like sprouted little tiny golden legs and started. <laughs> Dude, that'd be fucking weird. <laughs> but this is where we learn that Frodo's like, well, he can't find it. How would Sauron know that we have it? There's no way he could find it. And Gandalf was like, ah, fuck, I got to tell you. Um, it might not be entirely true. <laughs> so Gandalf tells Frodo, there was only one other that knew Bilbo had the ring. I tried forever to search for the creature Gollum, but the enemy found him first. And we know that the enemy, Sauron, tortured Gollum for a very long time probably put him on the rack and everything and did all sorts of medieval shit to him. Yeah. And he gives the name Shire Baggins. And that's just enough. Like, Sauron has your IP address now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get a scene of, in this high tense moment, we get a little quick scene of a ring wraith chopping the head off of a, a hobbit. Savage as fuck. You know, he's like, who goes there? Fuck around and find out. <laughs> Who goes there? Your mother. Slink. <laughs> the ring right there. The hobbit's like, Who goes there? Your mother. <laughs> uh, but Frodo's starting to panic, right? This is too much for a hobbit. Like, they don't concern themselves with great evils and great world ending threats like this. Yeah. And he's like, Take it, Gandalf. I don't want this fucking thing. <laughs> And Gandalf is like, you cannot offer me this ring. I'm giving it to you. And don't. Tempt me, Frodo. <laughs> I cannot do it. So from what I understand, Gandalf is a Maya, which is like a race of demigods that are sent to Middle-earth to kind of like oversee everything. Yeah. And he's the same race as Sauron, but Sauron is obviously much stronger than him. Yeah. But if Gandalf were to take the ring, he would be a vessel for its evil. And it would act as a conduit, right? Like, if normal humans put on the ring, it's not really a problem, right? Like, they just turn invisible, or they might gain a little bit of power. Yeah, like, or, or, most humans and other creatures don't really have that magical capability for it to amplify. However, if it goes to 
um someone like Gandalf or you know one of the other demigods yeah um that's a very different story because Gandalf even though he's not as powerful as Sauron he still has a decent yeah. amount of power you know behind that punch yeah so if he were to take the ring he would be a conduit for its evil yeah exactly like he would have noble intentions probably at first but the ring's power would consume him and warp his mind and essentially he would become another Sauron or even worse than Sauron. Yeah. So Gandalf is like, you cannot offer me this ring. Um, Frodo's like, all right, if you're not going to take the ring, what do I got to do? And he starts packing up all his clothes and everything. And Gandalf tells him, make for the sh- uh, you must leave the Shire. Make for the village of Bree. And Bree is just like a nearby human village that's maybe like 60 or 70 miles yeah. you know, east of the Shire. It's not too far. and Gandalf is like, I will meet you there, but I must seek the head of my council. He is both wise and powerful. Uh, trust me, Frodo, he'll know what to do. <laughs> oh, he's going to know what to do, all right. Oh, he's he's going he's to slap you around like a bitch is what he's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> you spin me right around, baby, right around. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but it's fine. Um, Gandalf gives him one last little attaboy, you know, a little kiss on the cheek, like, you're going to be okay. Uh, Don't worry, Poppy's going to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> Gandalf is... He's honestly very sweet, though. Like, even though Gandalf has his moments where he's very serious and brooding, he's a very warm individual. Like, he's the perfect grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> that you can go to for comfort and everything. He's like, you, hobbits, most curious creatures, as he's telling Frodo as he's about to leave. You can learn everything about them in an entire lifetime, and yet after 100 years, they can still surprise you. Um. But Gandalf notices them rustling in the bushes and everything. You're in the bushes! (laughs) And he goes into the bush and he takes his fucking staff and he jams it into the the fucking hedge. And then Sam is like, oh! (laughs) He reaches into the bush, pulls Sam out, and Gandalf is pissed. Of all the Samwise Gamgee, have you been eavesdropping? I don't know. I haven't heard anything, honest, sir. I've been dropping no eaves, sir. (laughs) Honest, I haven't heard anything except about a, a ring and something about the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but Sam's all terrified and everything. And you're not, please don't turn me anything unnatural. No. And Gandalf's fucking with him. He's like, Frodo obviously knows he's not going to do anything to him, but yeah. Gandalf's intentionally like kind of being cryptic. I have another use for you. <laughs> <laughs> please don't. <laughs> please don't kill me. <laughs> but it doesn't really show it in the movies. But in the book, Sam is actually like his employed servant. That's why Frodo, Frodo's always call, uh, Sam is always calling him Mr. Frodo is because he's technically his employer. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense now, though, because I, I have always been curious why he addresses him like that, but not really anybody else. Yeah, the, mo- the movies kind of shy away from that because they didn't want to like show a master servant kind of relationship they wanted to show like best friends which i think works a lot better for film yeah i agree i think that it made it um a little more believable and easy for people to connect with on that end yeah so frodo and sam are leaving the shire and these are a few a few very quick extended scenes these aren't in the theatrical release um right here where you get to see like a little farmer and everything and then we go to a nice cute little waterfall these are extended scenes if i remember right they're very quick, but I, I think they should have left those in. Those are beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Um, we see the Shire in a massive wide shot of the valley and everything, and it's just beautiful green countryside. 
you know, everything's like lush trees and grass. And uh, then we happen upon a little tiny field. And Frodo's like, this is it. Right next to a scarecrow. Frodo's like, what do you mean? If I take one more step, it'll be the farthest away from home I've ever been. <laughs> and Frodo's like, stop being a bitch, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on, Sam. Let's, let's fucking go. We got shit to do, man. <laughs> we have shit to do. Um, Frodo tells him a little something to keep him cheered up. But remember what Bilbo used to say. It's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. If you don't step on the ro- you step on the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you'll be swept off to. <laughs> um, I can't see that scene and not immediately picture. I want to say it was a YouTube poop where every step he takes after that one. Oh, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, this is the longest away from home I've ever been. Yeah, and it goes on for the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Every uh, single step. This is the farthest I've ever been. Farthest I've ever been. <laughs> I know the video you're talking about. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> This is it. This is what? If I take one more step, it'll be the farthest away from home I've ever been. Come on, Sam. Mr. Frodo? Frodo? Frodo! This is it. What are you talking about? If I take one more step, it'll be the farthest away from home Sam, I've ever been. In the Shire. This is pretty cool. Um, Frodo and Sam are just camping out in the wilderness and everything, and they hear singing, and Frodo's like, wood elves! And they're, they happen upon a trail of elves, and I like how there's this, like, mystical aura about them. It's almost like, kind of, there's a bloom effect going on. Yeah, they kind of have, like, an angelic glow to them. Yeah, and that's just kind of show, like, that these beings are, like, on another level of exist, another level of existence. Yeah. Uh, that they're high and mighty and like almost like you said angelic um but it's kind of sad like frodo and sam are talking uh they're they're leaving middle earth never to come back again and sam is like i don't know why but it makes me want to cry (laughs) (laughs) but i've always wondered why the elves are leaving middle earth and i did some google searching and um i listened to some podcasts about lord of the rings apparently they're being beckoned back to Valinor, which is essentially the elven heaven. Yeah, and I, th- I think they mentioned that um, a little later in the film once we get, uh, fuck, I can't remember the, the name of the elven city mm-hmm. where they have the meeting about the, but I feel like they, they mention it um, while they're there before the fellowship yeah. is formed and they take off. The movies don't really do a good job of explaining why the elves have to leave Middle-earth, but if... I, I listened to the audiobooks a couple months ago. If I remember right, it's, bec- it's a combination of a great evil like Sauron and everything, magic leaving Middle-earth, and the, I think they're the Maya, or like the gods of Middle-earth are beckoning the elves back to Valinor. Like they have a call every couple thousand years. Like, so there's something with elves, like they have to like be recharged with their grace. And if they don't go back to Valinor every couple thousand years, they fade away. And they be basically become mortal and just wither away and die. Yeah. They are immortal, but they have to go back to Valinor every couple thousand years to, like, recharge their batteries. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it, but they're being beckoned to go back to Valinor. A combination of this great evil, you know, spreading throughout Middle-earth, and they're being beckoned back by the gods of Valinor. Yeah. Um, otherwise, if they stay in Middle-earth, just like Arwen, 
little getting a little ahead of ahead of ourselves, but Arwen chooses to stay in Middle Earth even though she knows she will become mortal and die. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because I've always wondered why they have to leave Middle Earth. I'm like, dude, they're elves. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. they can do whatever the fuck they want. They're fucking badasses, man. Uh, this is another extended extended scene. I'm stuttering because I'm so excited. Um, this is another extended scene. Frodo and Sam, they're trying to sleep. And I can understand why this one was cut out. This one's kind of boring. Sam is like, I can't sleep, Mr. Frodo. I don't have my warm, my nice, comfy, tempur mattress. <laughs> and Frodo says, just imagine you're at home with a nice, soft pillow and a nice, comfy bed. I was like, that doesn't fucking help. Right. I don't have my heated blanket with me. I don't have my heated blanket. And I don't have my fucking Joe Rogan. You know, playing on Spotify on the fucking end table. Uh, I left my teddy. We're going to have to go back. I left my teddy. I left my, my, my pocket pussy. <laughs> oh, God. I left Melinda. My pocket pussy. Melinda. You name it. Oh, God. You get a label maker. and put. That's gross. Let's get back to Lord of the Rings. Uh, so Gandalf um, is going back to the head of his council, right? So Gandalf is on the... He's on a council of wizards, right? Yeah. And so he goes to Saruman, and his home base is Orthanc, or Isengard. And the tower in the center of Isengard, it's like a, a circled city. Well, not really a city. It's more like an outpost, really. Yeah. Um, there's a huge-ass ring wall, and in the center of it is this massive, like, obsidian tower. Um, and the tower is called... Wait, no, that's not called Orthanc. Fuck. I should know this shit. Uh, yes, wait, it is called Orthanc because the tower in Mordor is called Barad-dûr. Okay, I did have it right. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to be able to help you on this one, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but Saruman lives in the Tower of Orthanc, which was built by the Numenorians, if I remember right, in the First or Second Age. Oh, cool. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. Saruman is Saruman the White, played by the motherfucking badass, the motherfucking goat, Christopher Lee. Rest in peace, my guy. He died a few years ago. Yes, he did. Christopher Lee is a fucking badass hunter. You probably know a little bit of this, but one, he was one of the only few people on this film that actually met J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah. Two, he read the books every single year. That's cool. I didn't know that tidbit. He was a huge Lord of the Rings fan. <clears throat> Christopher Lee was probably the biggest Lord of the Rings fan on set. Three, he was in a metal band. What the fuck? Yes. You can still look up his music. He was in a metal band, and I think he was the singer. Dude, that's fucking badass. I'm finding that shit. Uh, I think he was also in the military at he one was. point. He um, was. I can't remember exactly what it was that he did for them. He might have been... Um, uh, airborne for the British. Yeah, but um, he actually had gotten stabbed in the back, if I'm, I remember correctly. I'm gonna look this up. Um, so I'm gonna look up Christopher Lee military record. But anyway, Christopher Lee is a badass. Like in the behind the, have you seen um, the extended editions like behind the scenes material hunter? Um, no, I never, I never delved that deep into it because I was, I was kind of on a a short time period when. Um, I was going through all of them, so I was just trying to go the full series from both The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings Extended Editions. Okay. In the behind the scenes, there's references that Christopher Lee would constantly correct Peter Jackson on, like, small details that he got wrong on, like, the script or everything. It's like, 
uh, no, Pita, it actually says this. And he, he was the um, actually, but you could respect him because he's like the goat. Yeah, he's a fucking <laughs> badass. Okay, so I pulled it up. Christopher Lee, he was seconded to the army in the winter of 1943 and served in the Central Registry of War Crim- Criminals and sec- Security Services after VE Day. I don't know what that is. But seconded to the army during the brutal battle of Monte Cassino. Um, Royal Air Force liaison officer. Yeah, okay. that's what it was. Royal Air Force is what I knew. Okay, so suffice it to say he was in the military in some capacity. Yeah. So that's another reason why he's badass. I know I'm, I'm going on tangent here, but I want to give him the accolades he deserves. Uh, also, fuck, what else did he do? He's in the metal band. He's just a badass individual. I might think of something later on. I'll come back to it, but he's just the goat, okay? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have some more tidbits, but it's for later, later in this series. Okay. Oh, I wanted to say he's a huge, like, movie star like he did hundreds of movies i think he was in dracula as well uh he was okay yeah he was in dracula um he He was the dooku (laughs) he was a dude he was count dooku yep so he's just a great actor he's a fucking badass and i'm i'm sad to see him gone uh but anyway i'll I'll keep playing the movie (laughs) so (laughs) sauron has come back obviously and saruman we're gonna get these names they're very similar so bear with us saruman the wizard is like, so the ring of power has been found. And he's kind of giving Gandalf shit. He's like, you would have found it earlier, but the, the, your love for the halfling's leaf has clearly <laughs> dulled your mind. Yeah, in other words, you like to get stoned too much, so you wouldn't have been able to find it. But that's very hypocritical, because in the third movie, there's an extended scene. Oh, no, the second movie, The Two Towers. There's an extended scene where Merry and Pippin raid his fucking food cupboard and yeah. he has a barrel of long bottom leaf. Yep. He's a fucking hypocrite. He smokes it too. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just wanted to find a way to be able to put Gandalf down. Yeah. So Gandalf and Saruman are, they go up to the tower and they have this brooding conversation. They talk about the great eye of Sauron and how it's come back and he's gathering all manners of evil to him. Saruman is like, very soon he'll have an army great enough to launch a massive invasion on Middle Earth. And it's basically, you're fucked at that point. Yeah. So he's amassing all sorts of evil. Gandalf was like, how have you seen this? Or how do you know of this? I have seen it. And he looks towards the center of his room. And he pulls off this, like, silky fucking robe. And there's a palantir there. A palantir is basically a big bowling ball, a crystal bowling ball. But it has the power to um, kind of see into the future a little bit. Like, give you premonitions yeah but also mm-hmm. it's like a looking glass to other palantirs um the reason why it's so taboo to use these things is because there are so many of these things that are unaccounted for and you don't know who's watching on the other side it's a two-way fucking mirror yeah so um if you use these things you don't know who's watching you like sauron could easily be watching yeah so what i understand is saruman kind of got maybe whispers of this great evil and started peering into the Palantir. And the Palantir, obviously we know Sauron has one. Yeah. And he's feeding him misinformation, feeding him like images of devastation and apocalypse and making Saruman doubt himself. And that's how Saruman kind of turned evil is Sauron poisoned his mind, made him fall into despair, 
And that's how we got him on his side. Like, you must join with me or die. Yeah. Um, cool little snippet or side tangent of information. Saruman is also a Maya. Yeah. So these Maya, Saruman, Gandalf, and I think the Blue Wizards and Radagast the Brown. Yeah. They're all Maya that are sent to Middle-earth to kind of like stand over and watch it, like stand guard for great evil. Yeah. And it's kind of ironic that Saruman is joining with, you became the very thing you swore to destroy. <laughs> but Gandalf is trying to leave and everything because he, he, he's learned that Frodo's in great danger. Saruman keeps closing the doors on him. Like, he's yeah. just like, oh, where are you going to go? He <laughs> keeps, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? do? He keeps looking at the doors like, I'm going to close that one. I'll do it again. I'll fucking do it again. I'll close that door. But eventually they come to blows and everything's like, when did Saruman the Wise abandon reason for madness? And then yeah, they go right into a wizard duel. Yep. It's kind of a goofy duel. Like they're just like throwing each other around. They're basically just force pushing, force pushing each other back and forth. Yeah. Force push, force push, force push, force push. <laughs> um, but yeah, Gandalf, while he's a great wizard in his own right, he's just not powerful enough for Saruman. Yeah. And that's when <laughs> he snaps or snags uh, Gandalf's staff and he d- fucking dual wield akimbos those things. <laughs> I gave you the chance of aiding me willingly. And that's when he does, I spin you right round, <laughs> yep. baby, right round. Matter of fact, we're getting to it right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he's like, akimbo, motherfucker. Um, but you have chosen the way of pain. And then he lifts fucking Gandalf up to the tower <laughs> at Mach fucking 10, you know. Dude, if he hit that ceiling at that speed that he's going at, he'd be dead. Oh, yeah. Like, look how fast he's going. <clears throat> he's like Sonic. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. But we go straight to a scene of Sam and Frodo. Sam and Frodo are in like a cornfield. Yeah. And Sam has this like a little panic attack. He thinks that he's lost Frodo. He starts freaking out. Frodo, Frodo. Um, Fro- and Frodo wasn't that far away. Yeah. But Frodo's like, dude, why, why you fucking freaking out, dude? <laughs> and Sam's like, it's just a promise I made to Gandalf. Don't you leave him, Sandwise Gamgee. And I don't mean <laughs> to. And it, it's kind of cute because he says it here. And then he also says it in the third movie. Yeah. So it comes, kind of comes full circle. Yeah, and I, I like the way that they, they did that with the movies where um, they'll reference things throughout the, uh, throughout the whole trilogy. Yeah. But sure as shit, they're going through the cornfield, and who do they stumble upon that comes and tackles them out of the fucking bushes? Uh, Mary and Pippin, the fucking goons that they are. And it turns out they were stealing crops from Farmer Maggot. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Farmer Maggot is just chasing them with a scythe. All right. You get out of my field. He's got attack dogs and everything. <laughs> um, but Mary and Pippin, they're all running from everyone. It's all, I don't know why he's so angry. It's only a couple of carrots and those potatoes from the day before. And release those, the hounds. <laughs> release the hounds. <laughs> but they go to a clearing. They end up like falling off a cliff. They're all, they took a little tumble down the cliff. <laughs> uh, Pippin almost lands in shit. <laughs> Mary feels like I think I've broken something and he pulls out a broken fucking carrot <laughs> I think there was a YouTube poop back in the day where he pulls it out and it's like a broken dildo or something like his yeah I think so <laughs> it sounds about right uh, apparently Pippin spots mushrooms and hobbits mushrooms are like catnip for hobbits 
They're like Dude. mushrooms, and they all like fucking almost fight each other for them. Hobbits just like fucking tripping balls, man. It's they're either eating mushrooms or smoking fucking. Oh my uh, god, they're long leaf. <laughs> they're sm- They're either getting drunk, smoking weed, or fucking tripping on fucking shrooms. Yeah, exactly. They're little fucking addicts. They're they are the hippies of the uh, Lord of the Rings universe. No wonder they don't want anyone to fucking. They want to stay out of the world, the outside world. They don't want anyone to fucking narc on them. You know? <laughs> They're over in the Shire fucking tripping balls. would be like, are you a fucking narc, bro? Are you with, like, Gondor or something? Dude, you wearing a fucking wire? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they hear some kind... Frodo hears, like, a high-pitched sque- uh, screeching noise. I-, I like how it does, like, this zoom-out effect when they're looking at the road and everything. Yeah. Frodo's like, get off the road! And they all, like, take cover underneath a nearby tree. And this has always pissed me off. Like, the ring, obviously, it, the thing that Frodo saw was a ring wraith, right? Yeah. They finally caught up with him. And these guys are imposing as fuck. They got scale, black steel fucking gauntlets and everything. And, and like, boots uh, with a black cloak covering them. You can't see their faces at all. They're doing blackface. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I get you with that one. That was good. That was good. <laughs> but the Nazgul is right over these hobbits. Like, all he's got to do is look down, and they're right fucking there. Yeah. But I guess they don't have the best eyesight, and they rely on smell a lot. It makes sense. I mean, uh, you know, they're, it doesn't even look like they really have a face. Yeah. It's just a black shadow. But they throw the bag of mushrooms to kind of distract the Nazgul. And he runs away. It gives all the hobbits a time to escape. Oh, yeah. Frodo was trying to put on the ring. This is the first instance of the ring trying to sabotage them. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to kind of touch on that because the face he makes when he's, like, trying to resist putting on the ring oh, 100% looks like, oh, God, I'm about to bust. He does have that O face. Like, oh, it's fucking weird. His <laughs> eyes go in the back of his head. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it in. <laughs> I've got a blast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nighttime now. The ring race are all hunting them. Uh, Mary and Pippin are like, dude, what the fuck have you gotten us into? Yeah. That black rider was looking for something or someone. Uh, Frodo and they all have to get down. There's this creepy ass shot with backlight, backlit like moonlight where the Nazgul riders just off in the distance. And you just feel this overwhelming sense of dread, like nowhere is safe. These things are always going to hunt you. Yeah. Um, Frodo tells Merry and Pippin, like, I have to leave the Shire. Sam, Sam and I must make for the village of Bree. And Merry is actually being very helpful here. He's like, right, Buckleberry Fairy, follow me. And he's helping guide them to a location. Yeah. One of the ring race stumbles upon them, and all the hobbits are, like, hauling ass and everything. They uh, get to the dock. <laughs> oh, don't want to try that one again, do you? No. They get to the dock, a nearby little fishing raft, and tie it off and everything. And Frodo's running. He's got the ring wraith right behind him. He makes a jump for the little tiny like fishing raft. And unfortunately, well, not for- unfortunately, fortunately, the Nazgul are like afraid of water. Yeah. I can't remember if it's their horses in the books or if it's the Nazgul themselves that are afraid of water, but they're not going to try to risk it. The Nazgul goes back to his like other other friends. I think there's four of them hunting hunting them at this point. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. So one, two, mm-hmm. three, and oh, maybe it's just a trio right now. Oh, okay. It's just it's just three of them right now, but there are seven of them out in the wild still. Um, Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin. It's raining. It's pouring. It's like fucking Portland on a fucking Saturday. <laughs> uh, they stumble upon the village of Bree, and I love this. The gatekeeper for Bree, the human village, has two doors. One that's a normal sized little peephole. And then one that's slightly shorter. Yep. It's like you couldn't see him under the fucking first one. <laughs> well, like, I mean, like that first one's a good two feet above him. So maybe he was just trying to scan faces at that level. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the guard opens the door. He's like, hobbits, four hobbits. <laughs> what business have you in Bree? And Frodo's like, our business is our own. All right, all right. No need for offense. I have to ask these questions after night. There's awful strange folk abroad. <laughs> I can't be too careful. And that is where we go- are going to end this segment. So we are another 30 minutes into the film. We still have two hours and 50 minutes to go. Awesome. <laughs> so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Probably nine episodes is what we're going to have at the end of this. Yeah. Holy fuck. Well, <laughs> buckle your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We're in this for the long haul. Fantasy Friday is looking good for a while. Yeah. We're <laughs> going to be set. We're going to be set. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this has been Virtual Tavern, a podcast where we talk about all things fantasy and sci-fi. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys have anything you want to share. Maybe if I got something wrong on the lore, you know, always email us at contactvirtualtavern at gmail.com. As I said, I'm not a Tolkien scholar, but I do love Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So I'm like a, I I guess what you would call a dedicated casual (laughs) (laughs) is the best word I can describe. Like, I love Lord of the Rings. I love, like, knowing about the lore in the universe, but I'm not reading the Similarian. I'm not reading the appendices on a fucking daily basis, you know? Yeah, we don't have the the books and the information in front of us this is going to be coming from you know the the depths of our memories the depths of our ass <laughs> but hunter do you have anything you want to share anything about this episode you want to talk about before we go um i i feel like we we pretty well covered it uh the i would say probably the most interesting thing for me that happened in this episode was just the fact that uh the ring wraith was directly on top of them and they were so close to getting caught yeah um and it, you know they just happened to have those bag of mushrooms to save them otherwise frodo would have been fucked like yeah, there would Fro- there wouldn't be a second and third movie well frodo was about to get fucked he was about to bust <laughs> <laughs> oh god gross anyway this has been virtual tavern i hope you guys enjoyed catch us next friday for fantasy friday for part three of the fellowship of the ring but until then we will catch you guys on the flip side Ka-chow. Bye.